Amen. The Lord is good. I'm thankful for the Lord. Thank you to our praise team for leading us in worship today. It's a privilege that every Sunday we get to come here and not just hear good music, but receive ministry as we worship the Lord, and I'm thankful for that. Praise God. I'm going to start in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13. We're going to be looking through some, uh, some passages in the books of 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and 6, those chapters today. Um, I'm going to start with a statement, though. I felt the Lord, as he was kind of walking me through these scriptures and showing me some things, this is the statement, I believe, that um, with the help of the Lord, we'll, we'll talk about today. Everybody say the church. Say it again, the church. the church. The church is not just the building that you're in or, or any of the buildings that we go to and say we're going to church. The church is the group of people that are there. Uh, let me put it this way. The church is the called out group of people that are there when you get there. Mm, I didn't know I was going to get that heavy that fast, but not everybody that's in the building when you go there is the church. I'm just going to say that much, and then we'll go from here. But the church is the group of people called out by God. He says in the scripture, come out from among them and be ye separate. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. That is the definition of the church. And everybody say the world. The world. Say it again. The world. The world, I would say, and, and not just the, the planets that are around us or the atmosphere, but the other inhabitants of the world, other than those that are in the church, is the world. When I, when I say the world today, that's who I'm referring to, the, uh, the people. See, I know where I'm going, so this is fun. But... Uh, the people who aren't acting like the church are the world. And by acting, I don't mean like pretending to be. I mean behaving, doing the things you're supposed to do. Your actions, everybody say actions. Your actions determine whether you're a part of the church or not. So 1 Corinthians 5.13 is where we're going to start. And here's the statement I felt the Lord give me. It says, God judges wickedness outside of the church. God judges wickedness outside. So, so anybody that's not a part of the church group, it's the world, they're outside of the church, God judges their wickedness. He sees all the things they do, say, think, act, all those things, and he sees it as wicked and he judges it according to uh, the way that he wants to judge it. God judges wickedness outside the church. The church, everybody say the church, that is the saints, must judge wickedness directly around them 
in their fellowship and their influence. The church must judge what's around them and decide, I'm good with that. I think the Lord's good with that. Uh, I'm not good with that. I don't think the Lord's good with that. That's activity that takes place inside of the church. I'm not going to go. It wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for me as the pastor to just go walk down one of those uh, streets in Las Vegas. They call that Sin City, right? It wouldn't make sense for me to just go walk down and everything. I, oh, that's evil. I don't think God likes that. Oh, that's evil. I don't think God likes that. See what's taking place over there? That's, I don't think God likes that. I mean, it's all, that's true statements, but that's not my calling as a part of the church, as a part of his body, to go around and tell people what they're doing wrong. That's not my calling. That's not your calling. But in the church... Now, I don't just get to say, all right, you back there, why don't you stand up? Because you're not doing right. I don't get to do that either. But in my one-on-one conversations with individuals and yours with one another, you are using the Holy Spirit that's inside you to make determinations about things. I use that term, make determinations, intentionally and rather than use the word judge because that has a negative connotation if I say you get to go around judging people. All right. Don't like you, 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 don't. I'm judging people like Elder told me to. No, you're making determinations about not people, but actions, words, attitudes, things like that. You're making the determination in your spirit, am I okay with that or not? You're not making the determination that person's not going to heaven. That person's not headed to, no, that's, why? What good is that going to do you or them? Nothing. But what it's going to do is, I don't want any of that in my spirit. I don't want that action, that attitude, those words in my life. So as the church, I'm not worried about the wickedness of the world. I'm worried about what's in my life, what's around me. Does that make sense? God judges all of that. 1 Corinthians 5.13, it says, But them that are without, God judgeth. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Hmm. Why don't you go to the, the first chapter here real quick. I, I, I talked about, I, I threw a term in there. I don't know if you caught it, but the word is saints. So first, uh, first Corinthians chapter 1, I think it's verse 2, maybe 2 or verse 3. Brother Timothy, if you'll help me there. First Corinthians 1 and 2, let's start there. Paul is writing, he says, unto the church of God. I want you to get this, who the letter is written to, before we see all the things that he's going to write to them. You know who he's talking to. Unto the church. Everybody say the church. Unto the church of God which is at Corinth. To them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be saints. Everybody say saints. The word saint just quickly means a most holy thing. 
what is a holy thing? Well, it's only, there's only one holy, it's the Holy Spirit of God. So when God puts his spirit inside of a person and they start acting like it, they become a saint, they become a holy thing. So he's right and said, to the ones that are in the church that are called to be saints, if, you're, if you believe you're called to be a saint, would you say amen? Amen, I believe that. I'm called to be a saint. I'm called to have the Holy Spirit of God in my life making me holy, making me right. So Paul says to you all, I'm going to write some things. Not to the world, to you. Go to 1 Corinthians 5 again where we were just reading. I'm working my way backwards a little bit through this last part of this chapter. So again, I'll remind you in verse 13 he said, them that are without, not in the church, God judges them. So put them away from among yourselves. Now verse 9, 1 Corinthians 5 and 9, Paul says, I wrote to you in an epistle, that means a letter, a different letter. I wrote to you not to company with fornicators. Two, two key words here. Well, three if you include not. Not to. So, so company, in, in, in this sentence, we're talking about going back to school, that's a verb, that's an action word. So not to company with. Don't pal around with. Or another word we often use in church terms is fellowship. Don't fellowship with them. With who? Fornicators. I wrote to you an epistle not to company with fornicators. Now, just for the sake of a uh, definition, the word fornicator means someone who participates in immoral sexual activity. That's a fornicator. And Jesus, uh, Paul said, don't fellowship with them. Don't company with them. Now, he says in verse 10, this is King James, and then I'll try to make it more plain for you. Yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or with idolaters, for then must ye needs go, must, for then must ye needs go out of the world. So he's saying, when I told you don't company with fornicators, I was not talking about the ones out of the church, the ones of the world. Because if, if I told you, don't, you, you can ever be in the presence of someone that's wicked. Well, I'm just going to have to take you out of this world. Because everywhere you go, you're likely going to be in the, in the presence of someone that's not a saint. No, he's saying more specifically, go to the next verse, verse 11. But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother. Everybody say a brother. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous. I've got a list here. If any man's called a brother and then he's acting like this. Fornicator, covetous, idolater, railer, a drunkard or extortioner. With such an one do not eat. I told you, that's who I was talking about. Verse 12. For what have I to do to judge them that are also are without? 
do not you judge them that are within. That's where I'm going back to the statement. God judges the world. But as the church, you and I are responsible for who am I spending my time with? Who am I sending my communication to and through? Because who I hang out with, I will act like. Who I spend time with, I will talk like. I will do the things of those that I fellowship with. Do you believe that? Say amen. amen. He uses an example here. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. This is the example in their church. The church of Corinth. He says, it is reported commonly. So, so I told you we're working our way backwards. He ended this chapter by saying, God judges the ones outside the church. You as the church, as a saint, are supposed to be watching what's around you. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. Oh, Lord, help us. That's the reputation that the church of Corinth has? That there's commonly fornication among us? And such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles. So not even just the bad stuff that the people in the world do. Worse than that. Different than that. Other than that. I remind you, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 2, unto the church I'm writing this letter. The ones that are called to be saints. Let me tell you, here's the things that I'm hearing about you. It's reported commonly among you that this stuff has taken place that should not be taking place in the life of a saint. Verse 2, it says, And you are puffed up. That means proud. And have not rather mourned that he, everybody say he, how many people is he? How many people is he? One. I want you to get this. This is a very important thing that the Lord is pointing out to us in Scripture. The church is responsible, is accountable for one. Not held liable for the actions of necessarily, but responsible for your reactions to. You're puffed up and have not rather mourned that he hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. No, we're proud. We're proud of the fact of how much we love our sinners around here. In fact, we've got a reputation for loving everybody and accepting everybody. Well, that's fine that God loves everybody and he accepts everybody, but he doesn't take all the junk that comes with the person and say, I love all this too. No, he says, I love you in spite of all that junk. But somewhere this church of Corinth got messed up in their thinking and decided, you know what, it would be good for us to become the church that will take anybody and everybody. And then they got proud of it. We're proud of the fact that 
We didn't kick that guy out. No, we accepted him. Call him brother. Not right, not right in your attitude there, brother and sister Corinthians. Keep reading here. Verse 3. I'm putting Brother Timothy back to work back there. For I, verily as absent in body but present in spirit, have judged already what's taken place there. I heard about it and I made a judgment. This is the way it ought to be. Jump down, if you would, to verse uh, 7. Purge. Everybody say purge. Purge out, therefore. That means get rid of. I've already made judgment on this situation. I'm not even there with you, but you know what? I don't have to be. I can tell you from far away what you ought to be doing with the person that's doing those things. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that you may be, new, be, may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Sorry, Brother Timothy. Go back two verses to verse 5 there. Again, Paul is just, he's given his judgment here. Deliver such a one to who? Give him up to the Lord? Hand him over to the, send him down the church down the road, right? No. Make him sit in the back row? <laughs> no. Deliver him over to Satan. One that's doing such a thing. Deliver him over to Satan. Why? So he can burn and go to hell? No, no, that's not what it says. For the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Paul's smart enough to know, you take a believer that knows about God, put him into a situation where through, even if it's the results of his own actions, everything about him gets stripped away and he's got nothing left, that's what he calls the destruction of his flesh. Then what's going to happen? That he may be saved in the day of the Lord. Not continue to cover for him or her. This is universal. Don't, co don't just cover for that person and, oh, the, oh we're just going to keep praying for him. We're going to keep loving him. We're going to keep loving him. We're just okay. Oh, sorry, passing that seatbelt. This is going to be a tough one because I've heard this this phrase quite a bit. We're going to love them to God. Is that what Paul said to do? I will tell you in a roundabout way, it is loving them to God because whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth. So He says. Turn them over for a season to Satan. Let him, let him find out what the end of those ways are. See how far that road will take such a person. And then they'll get to a point. They will know this is not the work of the Lord whatsoever. This is the work of Satan. But again, what's the point of what that's... Paul's making here is 
You as the church, everybody say us. We as the church have a responsibility here to recognize it and act accordingly. Verse 6, if you would. Deliver him to Satan. Your glorying is not good. You're too proud. That's not the only church that was ever told you're too proud either in the scripture. Hmm. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. What does that mean? I know he's just sitting in one seat. He only takes up one spot on the roster. But what is that one little piece going to do? It's going to corrupt the whole. That doesn't mean, okay, hear me, hear, because here's what it means. We, we'd like to say, well, as long as nobody else participates in the thing that that person's participating with, then it's okay to just let them sit there. No, because how many is the church? One. The, not, not the churches at Corinth and, and all the little individual lowercase c church people. No, I... Here's the thing. Word about you as the church is reaching far and wide. And here's, they don't talk about the great revivals you're having. They don't talk about how much you gave in the offering. They don't talk about how great on the drums that guy is. They don't talk about any of it. They talk about the one who's fornicating worse than anybody else, even the Gentiles. And he goes to that church. You think it's important? That's why Paul's saying, a little leaven. You just drop a tiny bit of that into what's a great, big, pure batch of dough. A tiny little bit will ruin the whole thing. Everybody say the church. Let's go to chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Same, same book, same writer, same recipients of the letter. We just jumped over one chapter. He really hasn't even left off that discussion because he started in verse 1 of chapter 5 by introducing to them, I've heard... I've heard about the thing you probably didn't want me to hear about. In fact, it's not just me. It's heard commonly about this. So then he continues on. Now, he, he, he does a little segue. I think it's almost comical in a sense, but there's really nothing funny about it. But he, he, he starts chapter 6 by saying, okay, that was maybe a little harsh. I just called out that, that one thing and told you you're all doing wrong. I know that's a little harsh. I'll just give you another small thing that you're doing wrong. You're, you're taking each other, brother and brother and brother and sister, to court in legal matters. And why would you even do that? Because you're, you're stepping outside the confines of the Holy Ghost and, 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 the, and the, the separateness of who you are and putting your issues right back into the wicked world, the court. Now, that's just, like I said, it's a little segue there that he does in the first chapter here. Read it. 
I, I promise you, I'm not making that up. And I believe the Lord will help you with it if you read it. But then he, he jumps down because he's saying, this is not who you are. You are not them. They are not you. Why would you hold them in that place of regard? Literally. Okay. Sorry, I thought I was going to go past this faster, but not quite yet. Me and Brother Joel got a property dispute. We're neighbors, and he put his fence two inches too far onto my lawn. And I'm not happy about that, but you know what? I work at the courthouse. And I can tell you the exact person that will see this my way. And I go to that person, and I say, I, 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 know, all the, I know the games. Just give me the form. I'm going to fill it, give it back to you. And that person at the courthouse, who is not the church, will see this and say, oh, that's the church, and that's the church. Oh, I thought they were the good ones. I thought they didn't have disputes. I thought they didn't, I thought they, I thought they loved one another. And he's not willing to give up half a foot of his yard? Now, Paul is saying, step back and think about how that makes you look. To the ungodly. To the world. Now he starts a list here. Similar to the list we read in chapter 5. But Paul is saying, that's them, and you're this. And he says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I really will tell you, I think this is about as black and white of a verse in the, in the Bible. In the whole Bible. And it flies in the face of anybody that would say, God loves everybody, accepts everybody, and everybody's going to heaven. I'm sorry if that's too offensive or too forward, but it's just the scripture it, what does inherit mean? It means I've got a rich parent, they pass away, they give me something, and now it's mine. Well, in this context, the kingdom of God, I've got the heavenly father, and he, I don't deserve it, but he's given it to me. What? His kingdom. Everlasting life, righteousness, peace, joy, love, all the things that he would give to me, I won't get if. I'm unrighteous. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Neither. Is that what that, no, be not deceived. Don't be tricked. Don't be fooled. Those are three words. If you, if you skip, if you go to the heavy part of this scripture, which is the list, the laundry list, you might miss those three words. But they're in there for a reason. Why? Because if you are not thinking straight, you will be deceived into thinking that a person of this type can also make it into the kingdom. Be not deceived. Everybody say, be not deceived. Don't be fooled. Neither fornic... It's the first one on the list. 
We keep talking about the, that, that one guy that you had to address and kick out of the church. If he doesn't change, I, I'm, I'm getting ahead of my notes, and I, I, they're not that great anyways, but I hate giving spoilers, but here's one. If he doesn't change, fornicator. This is not English class, and I'm not going to try to make it any more complex than this. But that is a, a noun. It is a person, place, or thing. It's not a place or a thing, so it must be a person. So it's calling a person that. It's not an adjective. Okay, Drunkard is on the list. What's the adjective? Drunk is the adjective. Oh, he's just drunk. No, he's a drunkard. You see the difference. Oh, he's just fornicating. No, he's a fornicator. You see the difference. So if they don't change, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Neither fornicators. I already said what that one means. Nor idolaters. Nor adulterers. I, I got to read. Sorry, I got to get in my notes again. I told you not they're great, but I'm a list person. And when I see list, I like them. Adulterers, now, this means faithless at the, at the root word. Not just as we most often think of it as faithless inside the confines of marriage. That's usually where our mind goes if we think fornication and adultery. But faithless in all areas of life. Faithless. A person who says they're going to do one thing makes a vow, makes a commitment, and then instead just does this instead. That's an adulterer. Nor effeminate. Hmm. Are we streaming? I thought so. I'm just making sure on this one. I'm not going to tell them to stop it. I'm, gonna, I'm making sure we are. A little... Role reversal here. Effeminate means it, it's a. It, I, oh, I got my my son and daughter in here. They took about a year, half a year of Latin language, and they learned in the Latin language words are either feminine or masculine. We went through a drive-thru one time that will remain nameless. It was not McDonald's that particular occasion. But my son was with me. And uh, this person that, that opened the window and went to serve us, he had long blonde hair. I mean, way past shoulder length. Do you remember this? Long blonde hair. Pretty strapping guy, looked like muscular, you know, nice physique and jawbone square and everything. I thought, wow, this is Clay Matthews, if you know football. He's a linebacker. That's what he looked like. But when he opened his mouth to talk, he did not sound like the thing that he looked like. Quite the opposite. And we had that little interaction, got our stuff, gave the money, Drove away, and I'm thinking, I don't even have to say it. My kids witnessed that. 
And my son says, what was that? Why was he, what did, he, did you hear what he, he sounded like? I said, yeah, you know, really what he, 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 he looked masculine, but he sounded feminine. And my son, who had only just been learning a little bit of Latin enough to know, well, you're either this or this, he said, oh, feminine, you mean like, like Latin, where you're either this, yeah, exactly. Why am I taking the time to go through this? Because it says it right here, effeminate. Neither effeminate. This is, most of, most of the time in the scripture we talk about uh, universal terms. This applies to male and female. Well here, this is not a universal term. It, reply, it applies to males that ought to be not effeminate, but if they are, they need to change just like the drunkard needs to change. They need to change just like the adulterer needs to change. We're streaming still, right? I believe this. This is the word of God. I'm not apologizing for it. It's what the scripture says, and my whole life is supposed to be found in that book. And again, who am I talking to? The church. I promise you, you get outside the church, you get into the world, it won't take long to find some of these, and some of them, you don't even have to hear them speak. You don't have to learn their name. You don't have to spend a whole day with them. You just meet them. You just see them. And you realize, oh, I'm not in the church anymore. I'll let God deal with that. That's a good attitude to have. I'll let God deal with that. Why? Because I'm not in the church. I mean, if, if the Lord uses me to deal and, and help with it and talk, that's my role then. But I'm not going to, I'm not at church. I'm not in the church. They're not in the church. Well, let God judge that. Still with me? Nor abusers of themselves with mankind. That's effeminate. Next verse, we're almost done. I'm coming to a close here soon. Nor thieves. Now, before I, I told you I don't like spoilers, here's a good spoiler. What's the last word on the list? Extortioners. And thieves and extortioners, you might think they're the same thing, but no, they're not necessarily. A thief is just is someone that steals or embezzles. They abuse the confidence of others for their own personal gain. This is a, uh, this is a personality type person who becomes this. You might call them a swindler. You might, encounter, you might encounter one on Craigslist. Well, Facebook Marketplace these days, right? Wherever you find your uh, common swindler these days. <laughs> we call it a scam. But that's what that is. Somebody that I, I, I will take advantage of your innocence and naivety all day long for my own personal gain. Oh. 
I want to be honest with you. Can I be honest with you for just a moment? I went into a church setting one time, and there was a, a couple, man and a woman. They weren't married. And uh, it didn't take me long at all, just in a, f- a few conversations here and there, to realize that man is taking advantage of this woman and her innocence and how naive she is. I tell you what, some things will cloud your opinion about another person, and that is one of them. Because if I know that about you, I'm going to have a hard time getting past that and thinking anything else about you other than that. Because if you're still doing that, and if that hasn't changed about you, you're a thief. Nor covetous. Greedy. Greedy for gain. Nor drunkards. That means intoxicated. Nor revilers. Now, who are we talking about? Those that will not inherit the kingdom of God. Again, so he started the list, he started the, 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 the discussion by talking about a specific fornicator that was in the church, right? And he says, if you see this church, you need to be able to do something about it. Now, fornicator is the first one on this list. But it's not the only one. I think this is why the Holy Ghost is giving Paul the list. Because if you got to do this for the fornicator, but then you know if he's unrighteous and he's also a drunkard, what rules apply to the fornicator apply to the drunkard as far as the church? What rules apply to the fornicator apply to the thief? Just for fun, I'm going to give you this other verse. Know them that cause division among you. Revilers, one who slanders others or is verbally abusive. Not necessarily in harsh tones. You think verbally abusive and you think, well, they scream a lot. They yell a lot. They, they can't control their temper. No, it's just about the words. You can revile in a nice tone. Oh, let me tell you about that one. What am I doing? I'm reviling. I'm being verbally abusive because I'm using my words in a manner that they shouldn't be. Oh, where's the... Where's the big, big red X for that one? I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I was, uh, we were back in Wapato days, and we used to go, to go to church quite a bit early for music practice and those things, and, and uh, there were some drunkards. They were not in the church, but they were in the church, if you can understand the difference. They would come into the building somehow. I don't know how they made it up those stairs, but they did. And it didn't take a whole lot of Holy Ghost to know. Or, I think I'm discerning something on you. (laughs) You are drunk as I suppose. 
Now, obviously, now, okay, here, let, let me give you one. Let me give you one. I'll bring this back down real fast. There has been at least one person come into our building in the last meh, nine months, heavily intoxicated, sat through the whole service, went up to the front and prayed, left, still intoxicated. Ooh, didn't know that happened as much, did you? Now I'll look at the person next to you and say, praise the Lord. Pay attention to their syllables. <laughs> no, this is, this, as the church, we need to be aware of these things and know what is the church's role here. What is my role? I'm a saint. I'm a saint. Everybody say, I'm a saint. If I've got the Holy Ghost, I have the Spirit of God in me, and I should not just be fine with that happening continuously in my presence. The Holy Ghost helps you with this. Sometimes it's best for you to just get up and leave. Why? So that that doesn't continue to happen in your presence. Other times, with the help of the Lord, the issue is addressed and it's also removed from your presence. But the Lord helps us. I'm, I told you I'm almost done. That's my second one. Strike two. None of these. Extortioners is the last one. None of these will possess God's kingdom. While a person is one of these, they have no part in the kingdom. Therefore, they should have no part in your life as a brother or sister in Christ. I mean, you can't do anything about your family sometimes. But at my brother in Christ, my sister in Christ, if I know that my brother is still out there extortioning people, oh, I'm going to have a hard time with him as my brother. If my brother in Christ is out there drinking and staying drunk instead of in here where he should be, I'm going to have a hard time maintaining him as a brother. The Lord dealt with me one time about this. I hadn't seen the guy in probably a year, more than a year. And he, he showed up again, and I don't even think I did it the first service. I, I must have had more Holy Ghost the second service. But when I went to greet him, the Lord said, call him brother. I shook his hand and I said, brother. It was hard for me to say that because I don't take that term lightly. Sister, I don't take that term lightly. Not, oh, oh, not everybody that professes godliness is godly. So, brother, right now you're here, you're, you're sober, you're repented, you want to pray, you want to seek the Lord, you're my brother. But you know what? If you disappear again for six months, and you show back up, not like this, I'm going to have a hard time calling you brother again. But if you, through the help of the Lord, repent, desire a change, get on the right path, and you know what? You're my brother, you're my sister, again. 
This is, this is how we're supposed to live. I'll read that one more time. While a person is one of these things, they have no part in the kingdom, and therefore they should not be in a part of your life as a brother or sister. Committing the act. I already said it. We said the word actions because what is the act of drunkard? Drinking alcohol. Committing the act repeatedly and unrepentedly makes you that person. Committing the adultery repeatedly, unrepentedly makes you that person. I'll go down the list. Doing it repeatedly and unrepentedly makes you become that. This is where the rubber meets the road because we don't like to call people by that term. We want to see them a sinner saved by grace. I do want to see that. But you know what the first step is? Acts chapter 2 verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent. Everybody say repent. That's the first step. And if you have not done that, if you will not do that, if you cannot do that, you cannot also say, oh, but I'm a sinner saved by grace. No, you're a sinner. Oh, that's, sorry, that's rude, but it's true. You're a sinner if you're just living in sin. Unrepented, no desire to change. Last verse here. Verse 11, such were some of you. Paul writes this to the Corinthians. I remember when the Lord brought me through Corinth, and I met that brother so-and-so. Ooh, at that time, I'll tell you what, he was not brother so-and-so. He was drunkard so-and-so. He was fornicator so-and-so. He was liar so-and-so. Such were some of you. But now you are brother now you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Why don't you stand with me? This is the work of God. He wants to wash sanctify, justify every person on earth. Let me say it one more time in case you didn't hear me. He wants to wash and clean and sanctify and justify every person on earth. I want you all to be repented. The Lord's not willing that any should perish, but that all should repent. No longer be the fill in the blank. That's his will. That's his desire for every single person. I want us to do two things here. I'm not going to give a, just a normal altar call just yet. Because this is not just a message to you and the person next to you. This is a message to us. Everybody say to us. The church. The saints. You are my brothers. You are my sisters. I'd like us to pray for wisdom from God about the church. 
My part in the church, your part in the church. What's our role? Lord, I'm standing here among your people, among your saints, Lord. Those washed by your blood, those filled with your spirit. God, we desire to be a godly, a godly group of individuals. We desire to be true brothers and sisters in the spirit. Lord, I pray that you take this group of us, Lord, and wash us collectively. Cleanse us, I pray, O oh God, from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. God, I want to be right before you, and I want our congregation to be one. Lord, where there's not evil named among us. God, where there's not this wickedness named among us, Lord. We still love a sinner, God. We still love a lost person, Jesus. But I pray, give us wisdom. Give us wisdom to know what is right. Give us wisdom to know when to embrace. God, give us wisdom to know when to accept. Give us wisdom to know when to refrain. In the name of Jesus. Now I want to open these altars. I'm going to ask you to come and find a place to pray. I know the Lord is moving in here. I feel His Spirit. He's wanting to reach into lives today. He's wanting to reach into our hearts and let us know that we are washed. Let us know that we are cleansed and justified. Let us know that we are living as His, His people. Lord, I'm just a child of Yours. God, I am saved by Your grace and by Your mercy. I am washed in Your blood, Jesus. I am renewed in my spirit. I am renewed in my life, O oh God. I thank You for it today, Jesus. I thank You for Your blood that You shed for me. I thank You for Your spirit, O oh God, that You've given to me. It is the gift of Your Holy Spirit. I'm thankful to have it in my life, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, come on, as you're praying, would you let the Lord lead you to a brother or to a sister? I feel the cleansing work of the Lord, and He wants to do it through us, not just in us individually, but He wants to work through us. Would you let the Lord lead you? Be sensitive to the Lord and pray for someone. Find somebody that the Lord would have you minister to or minister alongside in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus work among us I pray oh God work among us Lord Jesus we want your spirit moving and operating in us these altars are still open I'm encouraging you to come and find a place to pray don't let this be just a message that you heard today but let it be something that the Lord uses to speak to you about your life, to speak to you about your actions, your activities, Lord.
remind you that God chose the waters of baptism to wash us with his blood. I started to mention the scripture, Acts 2.38, repent. And it says, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And uh, thank the Lord, we still have the opportunity to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. That's what Paul meant when he told the Corinthians, you have to be washed, you've been baptized for the remission of your sins. I just, I want to mention that and I want to let everybody know we do that here. We do that here. We baptize people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. Amen. And we expect, as the scripture says, that you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Should the Lord, should the Lord deal with you or a person close to you about being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, please let me know and we will do that. It is for everybody. It's for everybody. Lord, I thank you for your spirit that we feel here right now. I thank you for your word, God, and the truth of your word. I'm thankful, Lord, that we get to fellowship with you and get to know you, Lord Jesus. I'm thankful for the body of Christ that I am a part of, Lord, and that we each belong to. Thank you for saving us into the church, Lord. Thank you for calling us out from the world and into the church, Lord. I pray let us live as members of your body. Let us live as saints, God, filled with your Holy Spirit. Not only filled with it, but governed by it and led by it. I pray, Lord, let that be our life. We speak it today in Jesus' name. We receive, Lord, the work that you're doing in us. We receive it today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I encourage you to greet one another. Find a brother or a sister. Greet them. You're dismissed.